Hello friends and folks and welcome back to Oops More Anime. It has been several years. I'm Six Detmar. <laughs> I'm Alan Ibrahim. Hi everybody. Did you miss us? It's been three years, Alan. Holy Stromboli, really? Yeah, that was that was narrative. 2019, oh my god. Well, 2019 feels like 7,000 years ago, so that tracks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, keep, I keep finding things that I'm like, oh, that YouTube thing, or oh, that show. When was into that air? That must have been like in the 90s, and it's 2019, and I, my brain mm-hmm. is shutting down. Time but, has uh, been unkind to the human race recently. That's why we're all getting into mobile suits and going to school. Yeah, yes. folks, Oops More Anime was a podcast Six and I did in 2019 where we talked about mobile suit Gundam Unicorn and Gundam Narrative because we wanted an opportunity to just talk to two of us as critics, mm-hmm. uh, me coming from a mostly Western TV background and Six coming from a mostly anime discussion background and kind of fusing the chats and the scanline media brands into one nightmare creature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also just kind of having an opportunity to do a style of crit we don't otherwise get to do, right? I mean, like, we're both, uh, for, for anyone who hasn't listened to those old ones, if you've seen those shows or are planning to, I am still very proud of those episodes. I think they're very good. Um, some some good conversation and again as I say a style of crit I don't normally get to do because both of us have seen a lot of Gundam and have a lot of thoughts about Gundam and so while Oops All Anime we kind of do this like quick passing stuff here we really get to, to lean in in a way that I think is fun let's lean into our mobile suit together and then is that a, like a engaged? like co- like cough syrup cocktail joke uh, it is now we're talking about Mobile Suit Gundam The Witch from Mercury, the newest Mobile Suit Gundam uh, anime series from mm-hmm. Sunrise Studios. It started in October of 2022. And uh, yeah, we're going to be doing it episode to episode as it comes out because uh, Six and I are big Gundam fans. There's a spider on my wall. Hold on. <laughs> That's staying in. It's gone. That was an easy kill. One shot, one kill. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mobile suit has already started to change you. <laughs> yeah, it changes everybody. It's the gravity of space or something, something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess. Anyway, we'll sorry. Out. Please introduce the series. Yeah, so um, we're gonna be talking about uh, this. This episode, we're talking about the prologue in episode one, and sort of supplemental materials released alongside that. Um, but in general, this is um, set up as the story of uh, Suleta Mercury, the uh, well, possibly one of two. Which is from Mercury, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she has uh, she she lived on Mercury, which is a sort of a, a in this setting like a, a sort of something of a backwater, partially because it's you know not an easy planet to live on, and so there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of reason to be there, so not a lot of people are. But now she's come to go to school, and it's it's Mecha school. And everyone is either a mecha pilot or is like learning to work, like repair mecha or do mecha strategy. Um, but then it's also kind of Utena. Um, mm-hmm. 
But let's go back in time, shall we? I'm not going to do that. A young girl named Eri. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Erecht Samaya. Um, I uh, I had a moment when I as I watched the, the the prologue, which came out like a, a couple weeks before the actual first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a moment where I was like, okay, I guess Gundam has had weirder names, but like Erlicht, Erlicht, uh not not my favorite. Uh, and then they shortened it to Ari, and I was like, oh, that's fine. And then they didn't use it anymore when she grows up, and I was like, oh, okay. Why did they change her name? Because she's a criminal. Oh, you're not supposed to know her real name. Right, right. I mean, like, so the events of the prologue, basically, to to sum them up are, um, we learn about um, the Ox Earth uh, Company, which is a company trying to use a um, cybernetic technology called the Gund format. Um, It was designed to, uh, in response to negative side effects of life in space on the human body, which want to talk about that so yeah. that sentence um and then um that was um they the ox earth bought it bought that technology and the people working on it and we're like okay now we're going to use this for mobile suits we're going to use this technology that you're using for cybernetic bodies to pilot huge war machines um and they are having some issues because apparently it's real rough on the human body to do this so they're trying to figure out they're trying to make it work meanwhile um, the mobile suit development co- uh, council is sort of rapidly like conducting an investigation over whether or not this is safe. We learn that the investigation is a farce and they want to shut them down no matter what and not just shut them down. They kind of want to kill everyone involved. Yeah. Wipe it off the face of the universe. Right. Um, and so then that that sort of comes to pass. Um, they are supposed to have some more time before the deadline of the of the council. And they're like, we just need to get this thing working fully and safely before then. But nope, the deadline is called early, and they send, like, private military secret police to kill everyone involved. Um, it's a violent fucking prologue. There's a we. Yeah. This is the first time I've seen a headshot, a human being get shot in the head in a Gundam show. And I was like, oh, we're not fucking around, even though this is like centered on this young child it's also like the chaos surrounding her her mm-hmm. her upbringing and i mean it's this was not shown on tv to my knowledge it was like an online only release an ona if you will right mm-hmm. um and i don't think that's like i think that's very intentional that they're like hey we want to tell this part of the story that is way more graphic and dark and then we can and, have fun school yeah. time um for sure so, yeah. what like what are your thoughts on this this prologue here? I mean, at the time I had like it's interesting going back to it now. I watched um so I watched the prologue um before it came out in English. I watched a fan translation um mm-hmm. and then I watched episode one. Uh, turns out the day it came out, I didn't plan for it to go that way, but it did. Turns out I was mm-hmm. that that antsy. Um, and then I watched them both again last night. So, okay. Yeah, I, I I watched the prologue fan translated as well because I couldn't not. It's a new Gundam show, like mm-hmm. I gotta see it. And then I rewatched it on Crunchyroll last night, and I watched episode one this morning. Um, I like the prologue. I think exactly like you said, as an ONA, this makes sense that it's like very talky, and while there is some a good amount of action and violence, uh, it's also a good like a significant amount of talking heads and just like setup. Um, so I totally get why you relegate this to. 
the internet because it's like, okay, if you care about why the factions are starting the way they are and setting the chess pieces, then you should watch this. But uh, I actually am curious how necessary this is going to eventually be for like appreciating and understanding the rest of the show. Just because, like, it, it, it ends, and yeah, like you were saying, like, Eri is now a criminal, and has, like, and we understand that she has these powers, but also, like, we are, they're almost certainly going to reintroduce that concept during the series. They already st- have started to. Right. I uh, mean, I, I I would assume it is the intention that you can just watch the show and be fine, right? This is supplemental yeah. material. But <clears throat> I also think, um, I'll talk a little bit about it, but they also wrote a little short story. Um, oh, no kidding. Yeah. Um, it's called The Cradle World, and it takes place between the prologue and episode one. Um, and I will oh. want to talk about some of that stuff because it is short, but it is it has some some interesting insights, I would say. Um, OK. I think my main takeaway is like I, I feel like mostly I came away with the pro from the prologue with questions. Right. I mean. Yeah. First of all, it's it's this one's not so much a question, but we've got like okay, so we've got we've always had Earthnoid versus Spacenoid in in gu- main Gundam in the Universal Century yeah. timeline. Here we have Earthian versus Spacian, and we actually see a moment where they put up a poll on screen, and I wrote this down yeah. to have like oh, what are the main concerns of Earthians? Poverty reduction, fair trade, educational gap, taxes, employment, Spacian, defense slash security, free competition infrastructure, energy, and welfare. And so it very mm. much positions Spaceians as, like, I would say, like, capitalist really? Democrats at best, libertarians at worst. Yeah. Whereas, it's it, yeah. It's the classic sense that's being a Spacian or being of a certain elite class means that your priorities are entirely different than what we consider the average person, the majority of people. And it's interesting because it's the reverse of what we're used to in Gundam, right? Because usually the story is that the, the space noids are like workers who have been shunted into space by the upper class who wants to monopolize the luxuries of being on a planet instead of having to be like, you know, moments from death at any moment because your fucking, you know, colony could just split open. Um, I think this is more accurate to how it would be in real life. What do you think? I think it's more accurate to our current reality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now getting into space is hard enough that it seems like this is a more accurate way to represent that. But I also, I mean, I do think there will, like, I do think there will come a point where it becomes more like you see in that, in sort of it inverts, right? Because once technology advances enough, it is probably easier to shove people into space once you get to a certain point. It just doesn't seem like that setting that setting this setting has like technology equal or better to better than like early UC in some mm-hmm. ways, but clearly not in others, right? Um Yeah. And and also like you you think about like what are problems with society in the seventies and the eighties and it's like, oh well, a lot of people aren't willing to change. Change needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And now what we have is like, well, there are people who are willing to change, but they're not considering the material costs of change and evolution. Mm. Uh, which is how you get these like these Gundams and also or these mobile suits and also just the the rebellion and whatnot that's happening in this series. And that's the thing I, that's like the, when I talk about like coming away from this with a lot of questions, um, I 
just don't understand the divide very well here. Um, I guess I, I kind of get our, our sort of main antagonist so far, uh, Delling, right? Because Delling gives this yes. big speech laying out his ideology of like, listen, this gunned technology, when it goes bad, it kills the pilot. And I think mm-hmm. that's a fundamental evil because in war, it's like we shouldn't be relying on machines that not it is. I think the way he, the thing he says is when you use some like a device to kill another person, that's, you know, murder. And that's a tool of war. Right. When you use a right. device that kills them and you, that's a curse. Exactly. Um, but I don't understand the other side very well. Like, I get just saying, like, no, you're overreacting. We can make this work. But like. The things that Dr. Cardo says about this shit is kind of incoherent to me. She says stuff like, oh, it's going to open a new door to the future of humanity, which is like, okay, you're just sort of vague posting. I guess that's fine. Um, But then like when she's about to be shot, she says like, you don't understand. We literally can't live in space without this. And I'm like, why? Why can like I wrote that in all caps. Why? And that's the only time I'm that blunt. But like, why is it we can't live in space without fucking Gundams? I don't think that's true. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's actually. I'm curious how that they when exactly they're gonna get into more detail with that because mm-hmm. the setting of the main brunt of the series is not like inherently showing the rebellion. Like it's not just it's not at the center of it. So like mm-hmm. who becomes the voice of the other faction in the main force of the series? Because mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Na- Na- Nabo is like gone, uh, yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. and so who becomes our our bright Noah or who becomes our like character on the side because Gundam has also unfortunately had the problem where the quote unquote good guys like have equally stupid ideology that becomes more corrupt over time. Uh, so like, is this going to be a show where the rebellion just grows into its own empire or is it actually going to show how like meaningful change can happen via rebellion? I mean, I guess, I guess I would, I would push back a little bit because I don't know. I think, I mean, I certainly think, in the Tomino shows, it is the intention to say that, no, the people running both sides suck, right? It is not like mm-hmm. accidentally he wrote them to be idiots. He means no, it. No, of course. Um, and I think there's something useful for that. And I guess, yeah, I, I think given the moral stance that's been taken here, it would be a little more tricky um, to be like, mm-hmm. no, both sides are idiots. But I also, I could see, given how things are going, end up ending up being like, he, like, the actions Delling took were evil, but they he is right that gund is bad right mm-hmm. um i could see them getting there possibly and i think the other big takeaway from from the um prologue to me prologue. is i guess i two sort like stuff around airy in this right who of course mm-hmm. becomes suleta um first of all just one of the most heartbreaking uh like sequences in gundam which is when she is, you know, they've they've launched in the Lefrith. By the way, all all the gun gunned arms, the Gundams you see in this, both the pink one and the two blue ones, are all technically Lefriths. I looked this up, but this is the experimental Lefrith, oh. where the, those ones are like prototypes for mass production. Gotcha. Um, very unclear in the show, but yeah. Um, launches in the Frith with her mom, and her, first of all, her mom has the moment of like. I'm not controlling this. And it's like, oh, yeah. because who's got the buttons? My my daughter has a better inherent connection, and so it is listening to her, and she's horrified by mm-hmm. that. Of like, oh God, this kid is like, you know, four years old and already a natural, like, <laughs> murderer. Um 
And then you just get the heartbreaking sequence of her, like, just, like, counting out the enemy mobile suits, just the one, two, three, four. Shooting targets. And then they just explode, and she's like, oh, look, fireworks. It's like candles. Uh, It's like, oh. And going along with this is, I don't know if you noticed this, but... They do this effect for people who are hooked up to the gun where they get this, like, like cybernetic glow under their cheeks. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's is pink except for Ares. Ares is blue. Mm. Oh. Why? What do you think is going on there? She's a... I don't know. She's just deus ex human revolution. Girl. She doesn't need the anti-rejection drugs. I don't know. It seems like... Yeah. It seems like something along those lines. Um, She's certainly going to have some, like, you can go even further beyond than any other pilot mm-hmm. ability. Isn't her special ability also nurtured by the doctor earlier in the episode, in the prologue? I I don't uh, know that that's intentional. I think it's, like... Okay. Um, it is definitely deliberately uh, nurtured by her mom in the time after... Between... Um, these two episodes as the short story makes clear um, yeah. but what um, I think the doctor is just like listen you don't seem to understand what everyone here cares about and here here's a way that you can connect to it and it turns mm-hmm. out it ends up being this thing um, I guess my, my final note for the prologue is we also get to see they, they talk about you know like oh no pilots who who go too hard on gun experience a data storm which is hmm. a very dumb name but um we get to see one happen in first person and it seems like what's happening is like gun is directly connecting to your nervous system and you yeah. get so much information that your nervous system loses the ability to tell what's body signals and what's electric signals truly horrifying kind of glossed over briefly but yeah yeah i mean that's that's just my reading i could be wrong but that's that seems Mm -hmm. like what's happening yeah it's a fairly subtle prologue it does a lot of stuff like that that you're like i hope they address this in some meaningful Mm -hmm. way during the show because that's really weird let me just put a pin in that yeah yeah so as a prologue it gives you lots of little pins in that way and also is like a cool introduction to the animation and the characters and the music. I think the music is definitely a standout yeah. in this series, especially because like mobile suit Gundam original 0079 is the only Gundam show uh, where I can think of the music that's like in universe, like that's, ha- that's playing during the episode. I know theme songs and endings from other series, but if you ask me to tell you what the like background music during double O was, which I only watched like two years ago, three years ago, I don't remember any of that. Sure. So like sure. this show has like some very distinctive music and gave me that 0079 vibe of like I'm gonna remember these musical hits mm-hmm. except it has more than two songs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the real first episode though. Well, if I may, just very briefly, let me give you a few a few highlights from the short story. Yeah. Um, because the short story, it re- I think you're going to have some fun with how this recontextualizes some things, right? So the short yeah. story is from the perspective of Ariel. Oh. The uh, the Ariel Gundam that Suleta pilots in episode one. Um, oh. And what it makes clear is, like, Ariel does have a mind and, like, understands when people are talking to her. Um, has a limited amu- ability to communicate back to them. Like, very, very limited. Um, mm-hmm. in fact, like only ever does so once in this short story, because the whole story is just various moments of Suleta mostly coming to sit in Ariel's cockpit and talk to her about how her life's going and how she's stressed out. Um, Aww. 
because she's growing up on Mercury as a, as a little kid, and not only is it a really shitty place to live, also no one trusts outsiders, especially outsiders who showed up under really weird circumstances. Um, that's valuable to have. Yeah. Um, but the other thing you get is this scene that's really good, the one scene where it is not Suleta, where yeah. uh, Suleta's mom... Uh, comes in. Elnora. Elnora, though. Uh, I don't know what her new name is. I assume she also changed her name. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't come up here. And she's like, hey, Ariel. Uh, we've got our chance. And Ariel's, you know, Ar- no, you know, her, the mom can't hear Ariel, but Ariel's like, what chance? What are you talking about? And she's like, yeah. so there's this school. And Dellen's daughter is like this prize being passed around by duelists. So I'm going to have Suleta go there win the duel, marry Deleg's daughter, and then ruin both of their lives. Oh. <laughs> and Suleta has no idea that this is the plan. So that's why they sent her to school? That's why they sent her to school is because it's this, yeah, it's, it is a political the revenge, well, not even political, it's just a revenge plot. Why isn't that in the show? Maybe that'll be in the show. Oh, it will be in the show. I think right now they want it to be like, oh, this is all nice and sweet and, and we're all having fun. Because oh, that's where that's Suleta's cool. at. But yeah, um, both Suleta's mom and Ariel Gundam is, is specifically is like, I hate this. Why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> Suleta's a good girl. Don't do this to her. Yeah. Uh, She's an innocent child. And I mean, hey, it's a Gundam show. That's like one of the fundamental things that these this series, this franchise can do. Is, or does is depict the like tragic abuse of young children. You get the great line from Gundam F ninety one from the lady who built the Gundam, and also, as it turns out, the mother of the pilot, who yeah. says, "Now that we've completed the Gundam, children won't need to get in the machine." <laughs> it's like bad news about what's ba, ba, happening ba, ba, ba. right fucking now with your son. <laughs> Sorry about that. Regret uh, to tell you. Yeah. Wow i I should read that. That's like pretty interesting and also valuable to understanding what's going on behind the scenes of the show. Yeah. Uh, I can send you a link. It's just uh, that someone did a good translation and put it on, on pastebin. There is a like official translation. Um, it's terrible. Um, oh, it's clearly just, they ran it through Google translate. Like it doesn't even consistently call her Suleta. They translate her name different ways, multiple times. Uh-huh. It's terrible. So, okay. um, but episode one, can you, can you like, lay out episode one for us? Okay. Well, I didn't write a summary, but I'm going to do my best from less, like, eight-hour-old memory. Uh, Suleta's her name now, right? Suleta Mercury? Yes. Suleta Mercury is a new student at a uh, mobile suit training university uh, on another planet. And she's an outcast because people know that she's from Mercury, which is considered a low-class planet. And uh, so she gets teased a lot. And she is wrapped up in the politics around this princess uh, who people are dueling for her hand in marriage. Uh, She, like I said, there's a lot of bullying. There's a lot of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. And then like there is military conflict brewing in the background as the factions seem to be manipulating these children uh, in various ways. But it's unclear right now. And uh, the princess is eventually challenged uh, to a duel after being uh, assaulted by another gentleman from the school. And then this is where I got like a teensy bit confused. Also, what's his face? The bad guy got like older. He's got white hair now. He's kind of a hot grandpa. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was confused who challenged whom to a duel and why both girls were in the mobile suit at the end. So what happens is um, 
Suleta challenges uh, Gwell Jadark uh, to a it duel. Looks like Chivity Crockett. Yeah, yeah. He's um, he's just you know classic misogynist bully. Um, yep. And um, however, what happens is she doesn't know how duels work here. So she, I assume she just doesn't know when the duel starts. This part isn't like expressly stated, but she is not like geared up. And what happens is, uh, Murine, Murine, I suppose the I princess. Um, yeah. Uh, has, this is a little, there's a bit of a thing that I'm, I don't think quite makes sense, but, um, steals her mobile suit to fight because she is in the basic, she, it's called the management strategy track. Yeah. So she's basically in like the strategist or tact track tactician department. Uh, um, and so she doesn't have her mobile stuff. suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so she steals her mobile suit. Once um, Suleta sees this, she rushes out and is like, hey, first of all, I'm the one who challenged the duel. And second of all, get the fuck out of my fucking robot. Because she gets oh. she gets pissed. Okay. Because that's her thing. Yeah. That's her best, yeah. her, her buddy. That her is the, one, her one major talent. That is the only time we see her not stutter. Because she is stuttering constantly. But when she rushes up on Miorine in Ariel, she is like clear voice and quite angry yeah yeah i like that aspect of it though the um the like she the one thing that she where she feels confident and not like a mess mm-hmm. is is when it comes to piling and like don't take that from her um so she naturally wins uh the contest in a fun action scene mm-hmm. and then is rewarded with a new outfit as well as miorine's uh hand in engagement hand in marriage mm-hmm. Which uh, she balks at because she's not uh, familiar with the concept of girls marrying girls. And then Marini's like, huh, I guess they don't really, they're not as progressive on Mercury. Anyways, it's totally normal over here. Uh, We're married. (laughs) Or we're we're engaged, rather. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nice to meet you, my groom, is the last line. As the mobile suit is holding these two adorable children. As, uh, yeah, we're left with that. Mm -hmm. So how did you feel with this, like... I don't know what to compare it to other than just your standard school anime. And yeah, obviously a lot of the fandom has been comparing it to Revolutionary, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Um, I want to talk about like the vibe of it though, because it's a, it's a pretty significant shift from the prologue. It's a lot more yeah. lighthearted. One of the best gags in this episode, it has to do with uh, Suleta never eating a tomato before. And so Miorine is like, I can just, you want to just ha- eat a tomato? This is like a good, I got you a good tomato. And it's the most beautiful anime tomato I've ever seen in my life. It's like a lushly rendered inside of a tomato. Um, yeah, how did you feel about the vibe here? I mean, I had a good time with the episode. Um, I think some of the stuff that I am having trouble with is given how serious the prologue is and given the stuff I know about the background here, I feel like it is hard for me to see how they take this where it, it kind of needs to go to sort of like consolidate the two because this school is sort of run by the whim of Delling, right? He's now, he's now the head of the Benerit group. And he's like, I, you know, I'm the head of this group of multi-million dollar corporations, probably multi-billion for a lot of them. Um, and everything goes by my whim. And so I'm running the school this way and the way the school is run doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, no, I will I will say it is easier to understand his motives a bit when you get some details that are available from supplementary material like bios and stuff. Almost mm-hmm. every member of the dueling committee is the like 
what the like so the child yeah. of like a rich right family. like sort of like the 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 de facto heir of one of the big companies and yeah, so it's actually the other comparison sorry the other comparison i had is the school from spy family that they sent their daughter sure to, where it's like sure. everybody here that matters is like extremely rich and extremely talented this isn't normal people school well there are a lot of normal people here actually um I guess the people who are... They just like aren't giving any power. Here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and perhaps perhaps the Order will be upset over the course mm-hmm. of our show. But, um, like, I don't know. This is just my logistics brain kicking in, right? But given how serious the prologue was, it's like... It just, like, things like, okay, so whenever a duel is declared, it suspends all classes and also you're dueling, like you know yards away from people who you could accidentally crush this doesn't logistically make any sense <laughs> and there has to be a witness like there's so many rules around it mm-hmm. and they even like they set the time limit and all that but it's like no but you're still whatever you got it's a little bit of suspensive disbelief it's the same like if you're gonna bring out the the utana comparison again uh them having to like go to a place during class doesn't make a lot of sense they have mm-hmm. to like go to this temple in that show uh it's and this is them like going on the side of the moon and going to the battle arena, which mm-hmm. like almost seems like it's going to turn this into a battle shonen or something. But it's more structured and the dueling, even though it happens all the time, this doesn't seem like it's going to be a show that's just about the duels. It's going to go beyond that really quickly. It is, but I think I mean like this is one of those things where the the Utena comparison is very fair, where most of the early Utena episodes are about whatever they are, and then it you know, all builds to, okay, now we have to have a duel about this, right? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because there was stuff, there are moments where I was like, oh, this is like a clear, like, this is a one-to-one Utna reference, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, they do, there's a sort of a, a little, like, I don't know, and there's a, there's a little, like, mantra or chant they do at the beginning of the duel victory is never decided by mobile suit performance alone nor the nor the skill of the pilot alone the result itself is the only truth i'm like man this is such they're just taking it straight from utina and then i went back and i watched a couple of utina duels and i'm like no there's nothing like this this is just my memory inventing things well also those are like uh, way more about this this like symbolic nature of this this one-on-one duel mm-hmm. and they're not usually spectated sometimes they are in that show but True. in this it's like it's almost a spectator sport like it exists in the universe whereas like duels in Utena don't like they happen but it's not like someone knows the route to go there or there's no process behind like going up the elevator it's all in the realm of impressionism and symbolism yeah it's like three people leave to step into a metaphor Bit, <laughs> you nailed it. I almost said exactly right six, but I almost said it in Arabic for some reason. <laughs> My brain's wired so weirdly. Uh, yeah, so I, I I thought that that duel stuff is interesting, but I want the show to go beyond that. Just like mm-hmm. I want every dueling anime to go further past. Just like hey, we fight a bunch. Uh, but maybe this show is going to be for a while. Uh, Suleta defends her bride from shitty men. I mean, we're gonna get multiple cores. That's already that's already established, and so I I yeah. feel like my guess is like the end of this first core will be like the transition away from duels, yeah, into sort of real world issues. Um, Wasn't there also a setup in the background of this episode that like the Benerit group and whatnot, like there are people who are monitoring these duels and want to affect the outcome of them. I mean, yeah, so this is one of those things where I mean, I think we are working on like sort of Zaibatsu logic to a certain degree. Where it's like these, like, 
Miorine uh, uh, as Delling's kid and seemingly only kid is the de facto heir of the Benare group. And thus, mm-hmm. if she's married to someone, uh, they're just going to be like, okay, now I'm I'm the de facto heir of the yeah. Benaret group. And so these, they are tr- like, you know, these companies are trying to get their, um, their heirs, their, you know, like, you know, the, the, the child who's going to their take lineage the married into the important right, family. Right. And it's also interesting because I think that's part of, um, part of that rant at the beginning, the little like, um, you know, victory's never decided, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're all piloting mobile suits to de- developed by their company. And so part of this yeah. is like, not only is it like, I'm cool enough to be leader of this group. Also, I'm showing you that my company makes good machines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's almost like Formula One in that way, where like hmm. your identity is the pilot and also the company that paid for your your suit. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I think though, like, it is interesting. Like one of the things that's interesting. Okay, that's just taking a side a side turn here. Um, sure. looking at the characters we are that that have speaking roles the characters who get to i mean i guess technically we have speaking roles from the people on the dropship that takes suleta in they are not yet people maybe they never will be right they're, they're not yet characters right right sorry yes i <laughs> slightly harsh phrasing on my part wow um but if you look at the characters who are characters every man is shit and yeah every single one across the board one woman is probably maybe an asshole and everyone else is all right. Yeah. And the woman is the bullies. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's the, there are the bullies and there's also, uh, Cecilia who is a member of the dueling foundation who says, hi, hi. And presses buttons on a phone. Crucial <laughs> <laughs> role. Thank you, Cecilia. Appreciate your contribution. Yeah. I mean, everybody's detestable. This is like about, this is a rich kid school, you know, except for Suleta. She's like, so lovable in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that moment where she slaps the guy's ass is also hilarious. Didn't your mother ever teach you? You can't act like that. And she like is shaking as he's like, what the fuck? I uh, uh, I definitely, when she raises, you see her raise up her hand to slap him. And you, I extremely was like, okay, yeah, across the cheek, the classic. And she's yep, like, yep. check it out. Football, but harder. And you're like, what? excuse me? <laughs> well, yeah, I wonder if it's just, it's like, she's trying to discipline him in a way. Like, yeah. that's how I... That's how I tell people what to do. I don't know how to assert discipline any other way. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you can't do that. He's really important. What? And you can't do that to a person. What's wrong with you? But, of course, Miorine is in the back like, I might. I'm going to fucking wife that girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that brings me to something that we, you know, we have to talk about. The elephant in the room. Uh, the queer text versus subtext of this series um and its role as like a modern gundam Mm -hmm. show because you know all the hype when it started was like female protagonists female protagonists and we were you and i have had like a lot of qualms about how this series is going to handle both like starring a woman and being about a a woman and then like this potential queerness Mm -hmm. um i do think that they're going to commit to like being about her 
and not like replacing her or like making it really about like another guy or anything like that. It yeah. seems like it's in her ballpark. That was definitely an anxiety but, we had before it started of like, okay, they're going to center it on her, but then she's going to have like a guy friend who's slowly going to take over the show or something. Or he's going to do the fights and then she's going to be like the talking person right. or some stupid right. crap like that. We have no faith and yet all of the faith in the Gundam franchise because it has let us down and impri- impressed us for 40 years. Um, the queerness, though. Hmm. There's been a lot of discourse about this. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, when I was watching the episode, having it in the back of my head like a specter, I was like, okay, people are, oh, I, once again, hey, the internet is overreaching. I have no problem with queer subtext. I love it. I appreciate it. I ship it, etc. But, like, it's not there. It's not canonical. And then in the last 30 seconds, she literally looks, uh, Mirini literally looks in the, the eye and says, like, hello, my, uh, my, what is it, my future spouse or whatever? It's just my groom. My groom. And it's like. And, and you know, you could, like, uh, and, and you know, that line alone, it's like, okay, she could be being coy about it. She's like, no, it's fine. People get gay married all the time. Like, okay, well, yeah. all right. All right. You are doing the Mercury thing. Is- conservative this sort of thing is commonplace here and so like yeah exactly you are doing this and the final shot is very romantic with like the feathers falling on the gundam as it holds them in its hands Mm -hmm. but like guys we've been burned before don't fall (laughs) for it they could still they could still be like okay but marriage just means like we work together right but like we're just really good friends we're not gonna you know kiss i mean and you know like how many ways have we seen this go wrong how many, like, mm-hmm. how, are we going to have the, like, you know, and, and, to be clear, I think that what I'm about to say sucks and don't want, don't want this. I've also seen anime do it where, like, you know, 10 episodes from now, we're going to have, like, Suleta, like, comforting a crying Miorine and being like, oh, so you were just scared of boys. It's okay. You can be yeah. heterosexual. You're allowed. I'm going to allow you to be heterosexual. <laughs> just, like, I don't know. I, if you're, like, just... If you can find your your queer representation elsewhere, real life, for example, you don't need the Gundam girls to kiss. They don't need to say, like, I'm gay for you. I'm a lesbian. I don't need them to say that. There is. It's actually funny that we're talking about this because just yesterday on Twitter, people were um, having a moment over Velma from Scooby and a new Scooby-Doo thing, like having a crush on a girl. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it's finally canonical. And it's like, guys, it's been subtextual since the beginning. And like and it's been closer to text even like five or six years ago. Who cares? Like, whatever. Now she said it. That's great. It matters to some people. I appreciate that. This is queer enough for me? I don't know. I feel complicated about it. I guess I, um, for me, most of my warnings are not about thinking I don't need more. It's thinking I won't get more, right? Um, Like, I would love this show to continue and, like, openly have one of the main threads be Miorine and Suleta's openly like romantic relationship whether it's you know like they're both into it or not whether miorine is like all right let's do this this is great you're so much better than the guys i had and so being like listen i like you as a friend and like i don't you know i think <clears throat> i want to see more done with this stuff in general i will also specifically in the show i want them to see see them do more with it and treat it with mm-hmm. respect and treat it as like romantic and compelling i just i am ready for a tasteful off-ramp because i'm worried about the build before it blows up in yeah. my face 
Exactly. And same. If if they're going to offer it from this, it's going to be tasteful. It's going to just be like, okay, we're going to not. Or they're just not going to center it anymore. Like, it will happen, and they will talk about being engaged and all that. And then maybe the, the marriage will officially happen. But, like, I expect a tasteful off-ramp. I don't think they're going to be like, well, I guess I'm really straight, actually, and I love a boy's. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, They've done I, this yeah. like this before. Yeah. All the comments that are like, finally, a Gundam Yuri. It's like, guys, you can just. You can just go read fan fiction. That is that. You can. It's it's there. It's valid. I'm happy that Sunrise is at least doing something like this because the Gundam franchise has always felt a little bit like politically stuck in the past, mm-hmm. somewhat. Yeah. So like they're trying, but what I want, what I want, like from a modern Gundam show, is like let's deal with the material politics of today because uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff there and like why people do or don't want to go to space. But if that also includes like, hey, it's a new time and a new world uh marriage is different than like go for it lean into that too i don't I, i'm excited for all of it and like to bring it back to the utana comparison you know that is the show that's often lauded as like a a, a foundational queer text for young anime fans mm-hmm. and like having recently finished that as well uh that comes to the question of like what is quote-unquote canonical for you because like yes it's about the same thing partnerships relationships love sexuality actually and does feature kissing but like it's also just like you know partnerships between people who care about each other romance and like good good friendships sometimes look similar in anime mm-hmm. uh and it's not it doesn't it, it, it's a question of how explicit did, does each individual viewer want it to be i hope i'm making sense i feel like i'm kind of talking myself in a corner yeah i mean i think i don't i i you know i think utina is pretty like i it's not like graphic, but I would say it's very expressly romantic in the relationship. Yes. And I think yes. like I feel like that kind of to a degree, if I'm if I'm willing to not just look at Gundam and just look at this show on its own, I yeah. feel like it's fair to say, like, okay, first of all, Utuna's a well known show and people know what Utuna's about, right? Maybe they have some different ideas, but people know it's a it's a gay story, right? Yeah, um yeah. I don't feel like you draw those comparisons intentionally, which they are very intentionally doing, without planning to do something with this relationship. I don't think you do things like uh, Miorine is a girl whose mother is dead and father is exploiting her for his poli- like his political and personal means. Suleta is a girl whose father is dead and mother is exploiting her for political and personal means. Like that's they're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. They are building for the scene where the two of them are hugging and crying and talking about how their parents are actually really shitty. The classic Gundam protagonist thing. Oh my god, the adults are so bad. <laughs> At least we find each other. You know? Yeah. It's like Yeah. The last the last comparison I'll make for that though is Utena is primarily about like the tragedy of romance and the difficulties of like navigating a queer relationship in a society that's like A, not accepting of that, and B like there are just so many obstacles in the way, mm-hmm. um, like family and like culture. But uh, this show seems to at least so far be portraying it as like, it's a great thing. She gets a new suit. She gets a gold upgraded suit, mm-hmm. which I also got when I got married. Uh, it was a gold upgraded uh, normal suit. So the emblem of my fiance, she says. I think it's 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 so far like, hey, this relationship is going well. It's not going to be that like sad. They're not going to like have a tragic death romance but it's a gundam show so who the fuck could say and it's also i mean you know we're saying and and something i really just want to i really just want to shout at these gundam utna people right it's like 
Yeah. It's one episode. Sit yeah. down. <laughs> Just relax. Maybe, okay. maybe a- we'll get to f- three episodes. We'll get to five episodes. And you're right. That's where we're going. How many anime have you seen that have done like you are listening to the opening guitar riff of Crazy Train and saying, so clearly this is the best song ever made. Listen to the rest <laughs> of the fucking song. It's not as good as you think it is. And it's it's just anime fans have a five second short term memory. People sure. who say Demon Slayer is the best anime of all time. We always joke about them, but it's it's two seasons in you guys. You can't. Yeah. The manga literally just finished. I don't know what to tell you. Anyways. I did um, want to talk a bit about animation stuff before we uh, before we wrap, which we will before too long here. Um, sure. But um, this is one of those anime that is, you know, being originally produced. Like, it's not a continuation. It is originally being produced and put out all during the pandemic, right? Yeah. And I feel like for the most part, it's very good looking, though we do get some, I don't know, like people talk about the rough spots and like there are moments I spot, I sent, spotted, I sent you a screenshot of like mm-hmm. the end of uh, Gwil Jeddark's first duel where it's just these like <laughs> not so moe blobs of mecha mm-hmm. staring at each other. It looks rough. Um it's it's not as bad as like you know Dragon Ball Super like or one or like late era One Piece where it's like oh all the in between frames look like shit and mm-hmm. sometimes the not in between frames look like shit it's like it's a mostly very good looking show with a bunch of pretty people in it on the and other hand show. on the other hand yeah. this is episode one it is yeah. very rare for you to see that like what usually happens is the show goes on and they're like people are bought in we can cut a little money on these things we can let things slide here and there. For this to happen on episode one is it's a little surprising. troubling. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I mean, I don't know. I think the CG use looks looks pretty good here. It looks it fits in pretty pretty smoothly. Um, yeah. Even in, even in some of the distance shots, they do effects to the CG to almost make it look like watercolor, like the long distance shot of the school. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's so this is a thing that is driving me crazy. So. Uh-oh. No, not not like a bad thing. Just like um, when uh, Suleta starts piloting the aerial, and yeah. the bit stabs, the shield splits into a bunch of bit stabs, and she fights. Right, mm-hmm. you get two shots that are just very very specific animation references. One of them is right before she fires, she has all the bits line up behind her, and it is exactly the Gate of Babylon like move from Fate Stay Night, like Gilgamesh. The one he made famous. Oh. And you see that referenced all over the place. Fate references it with other characters in, in their games. But also, like, um, I'm going to send you a screenshot here. Because um, I was talking to uh, Dylan of uh, of Mechanista and G. Mechanista. Um, and I was like, help me figure this out because there's a second reference. And they were like, oh, well, while we're talking about it, here are shots from uh, G Gundam cross rays that are like even more direct uh gate of babylon references um oh because you can see here's here's the animation of the original gate of babylon and it's like this is just what they're doing this is just like the glowing circles behind you with swords poking out about to fire out it is Mm -hmm. so one-to-one um yeah yeah this was clearly made by people who are anime fans as well that's not surprising yeah but the other one that gets me, and if anyone can help me 
place it, if you can message me and let me know because I'm going crazy, is before that happens, you get the bit stabs swirling around her and they're swirling in this very specific way. They're trailing behind, like there's a trail going behind them and it's like an ovular trail, like uh, like orbit where it is like, it's not just they're spinning around her, they're spinning around her and out in sort of an offensive way. And I know it's a very specific reference and I can't fucking remember. Mm, yeah, I'm not familiar with it. I uh, I was able to come up with two things that do that do a similar thing, but I'm pretty sure it's not either of them um, because they're too weird for it to be the reference. Uh, one of them is uh, as well from Soul Calibur 6 has moves like this. And the other one oh. is even more dumb. If you'll click through on this on this image view original that I just sent you. This is an endgame weapon from Terraria. Pretty sure that's not the reference they're going for. <laughs> oh, the spinning swords thing? Yeah, because you can see the Yeah, I mean, there. it's just a thing you see in places. I mean, sure, but this very specific style of, like, the... Like, the... I think the ovular orbit of blades is a very mm-hmm. specific mm-hmm. thing. Anyway, I can't... I can't place it, so who cares? I'm just talking. Mm. Um... Yeah, I think, though, overall, it's, like, I love how colorful the show is. Mm-hmm. Um, I love people have, like, glommed on to certain visual aspects. Like, of course, the guy, when he gets his um, butt slapped, he, like, does a JoJo's pose, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is hilarious. And just, like, everybody has, like, nice colored hair and, like, all. It's, it's, it's very, everyone's, like, very identifiable, very iconic in a way. And they have lots of good background details, like, characters laughing at things that are being said in the foreground. Uh, and like in all the government scenes, like all the charts and graphs showing like interesting data, like you said, though, it's the first episode. So they put that detail in and I don't expect to see that, uh, forever. Um, so I'm trying to appreciate it while, while we're here. Uh, also some stellar voice talent. Did you notice that, um, uh, the guy whose name we can't remember the long haired guy, uh, Shadik, I think, uh, yeah, Shadik Zanelli, uh, is <laughs> fucking the one punch man. And also, uh, Miyuki Shiragane from, uh kaguya-sama love is war just like he's a background side character for now and they got that guy to do him which is like really impressive i mean we know what his Uh, mobile suit is so he's gonna have a duel but he's gonna of course he is yeah yeah. most of these people i'm sure in this season are gonna get dueled eventually i I, you know i don't know if i would if i would be upset or really happy i guess it depends on how the rest of the show goes if we get a duel with like the two like bitchy bully girls like having their mecha holding hands while they fight or something oh yeah no that's the gay content i'm actually looking for um i had a couple quick stray ones on on this episode because there's some fun stuff in the background like i said yeah uh we get a haro but we also get like haros in robot suits like humanoid robot suits mm-hmm. yeah and one of them when when she first gets to the school on its chest it says i am a haro <laughs> <laughs> it's like in case you weren't sure what's going on this robot walking up to you is a haro it's fine it's here to protect you yeah we I also get a uh, haro quadcopter like g- giving the covering the the duel giving out footage to people yeah. and then also we get a haro motorcycle that is doing like the japanese like please slow down thing <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. I loved that. I want to see more of the background horrors. Uh I thought the bullies saying to her regarding Mercury, oh, do people live there, is, like, absolutely brutal and sounds like a real way that people are, are uh, like, bigots in mm-hmm. a way. It's sure. like, oh, I'm from, like, 
you know, I'm from like downtown Detroit. It's like, oh my God, do people live there? Like, that's so scary. And it's like, dog, I, I who's, I, hello, <laughs> I'm a real person. I exist. But uh, I feel um, like it also kind of works in a different way, right? Because like in, in the real world and also in, in universe, I mean, like you can only live on the, on the edge of Mercury. You can live on the space between the light side and the dark side, because yeah. otherwise it's like insanely hot or insanely cold. Either way, you'll die. So it actually yeah, that's is not true. a place anyone should live. It's not just like only poor people live there. It's like yeah. literally humans it's shouldn't live a there. A good two-layered dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, Gundam has had a history with like sexual content and being horny, just like a lot of anime mm-hmm. uh, and television, honestly. Um, I think the only example of like some animator had a lot of fun with this in a way was uh, Miorine's like really sheer tights that she wear or the... Uh, uh, what yeah. are those called? I think they're just tights, aren't they? Tights, pantyhose, yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. But she's and, the... and the, like, sh- shots of her butt, mm-hmm. you know? And she's the only one who wears those. Everyone else, like, all the other girls wear, like, long shorts. She wears short shorts with tights. Yeah. I don't know. And nobody is, like... Well, I mean, obviously, like, there is a in-universe, like, uh, sexual or, like, dominating aspect to all the men being, like, I want to... Like, I'm in control here, like, mm-hmm. the way that they talk to her and talk down to her. But, like, that's the only, like, visually uh, provocative thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even necessarily meant to provoke. It's just, like, yeah, somebody knew what they were doing. And, you know, she's in a, she's a, she's royalty. She dresses like this. It's, it's not that weird. I mean, business royalty, but yeah. Business royalty. Right. She's in the business and development group. But there's also a guy in, in uh, like, a skirt at one point talking to people. And I like that. That made me happy. Yeah. Fashion. It, it evolved over time, just like sexuality. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to, you know, I have some other, like, notes and stuff, but here's the thing is, there are going to be more episodes of this show. Perhaps I'll get chances to yeah. talk about uh, Permit, the mineral What's that it? makes m- g- uh, mobile suits work, apparently. Um, Ogandinium alloy. Mm, I think it's more like Socradite, if you know what I mean. Um, I don't. <laughs> Well, Dylan, we're... Oh, my God. I'm sorry. We're talking about the mechanics of robots and immediately... You just... also just made a... Yeah, it's Code Geass. I looked it up. You made a Code Geass reference and then Slam dunked me by calling me the name of your I'm other ghost. so sorry. <laughs> Alan, where can people find you on the internet and your stuff? My main other gig is Chats, colon, a television podcast. That's a TV book club-ish podcast where my best friend, Majan, and I watch two episodes of a cult classic TV show every week, and we talk about it, and we're kind of funny sometimes like this. Um, you can find that at chatspod.com or look up chats, C-H-A-T-Z, wherever you listen to podcasts. And that's what I got. All right, great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SixDetmar, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. Um, my DMs are open if you've got, you know, any feedback or thoughts and stuff about, about things Scanline does, or, you know, just me, I guess. Doesn't mm. tend to be what people message me about, but um, you can also find my work at scanlineme.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. This episode is going to go up both on the Patreon for free and on, you know, why not, just on, on Scanline Media. So, um, yeah. But Episodes come out on Sundays, it looks like, so we'll be back eventually next week to do episode yeah. two. This, I guess I, I sh- I'm just going to put this one out today because um, uh-huh. I had a, I had another thing that was going to go out today, but I, I'd rather just put this out because of time sensitivity. And then mm-hmm. we'll f- we'll figure out if we're going to have like a we're going to try and go weekly 
Um, we're certainly going to try and do episode by episode, but like also, you know, listen, podcasts are work. We'll see what happens. If we have to bank a few, we can do that. Yeah. Um, but until next time, folks, peace out. Bye-bye. Enjoy, enjoy your tomatoes. And cook them first. And raw tomatoes are not that good. Yeah, it's not good for you. Thank <laughs> you.